0: If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Hello and welcome to episode 311 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you for joining us a little bit earlier today. As it's, of course, Thanksgiving tomorrow, and so we're going at a very special time. Thanks for joining us because we are going to be discussing many things, including the unbelievable weekend of stakes at Churchill Downs with Kevin Kirstein of uh, Publicity at Churchill Downs Incorporate. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, hit the notification bell so that you know when new te- content will arise and smash that like button, we greatly appreciate. Of course, you can reach me on Twitter at hkravitz right there on the name tag or X, whatever we're calling it these days. Scrolling at the bottom of the screen, H Kravitz at gmail.com. You can of course listen to us on Apple podcast, Spotify and anchor. We have fantastic power picks below the video player. Check out information about our power picks tip sheet. Very profitable, very Inexpensive. We've got a great website, of course, as well, hhhracingpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram as well, Instagram.com/hhhracingpodcast. All right, we got a lot of things. We got a special guest there in the background waiting to make his first appearance here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Before I bring on our special guest, let me bring on from the East Coast of Maryland my wonderful co-host, Mr. Pete Visco. Pete, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How's it going, Howard? Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Very, very exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. the turkey's not quite in the oven yet, but it's, but it's getting there. A little early.
1: Yeah, it's a little yeah. early start. I don't think we need to cook it that long yet, but it's all right. It's close.
0: Ah, listen, I'm pumped up. Yeah. I'm really excited. We got a lot to discuss, and we have our a guest waiting in the background with beautiful Churchill in the background. I know uh, the races, uh, the Churchill card, uh, they have actually a card today as, as well. And I think the race is off, actually, race eight. So I see Kevin in the background. Maybe he's got a bet on someone. I don't know. It looks a little bit distracted. So I don't know if I should bring him on right this very (laughs) second. But I think he'll be okay. Pete, we got a lot to talk about. Major stake races. Big-time news this weekend, of course, uh, at Churchill. And then also, also, uh, um, Turfway Park is opening up. And I'm very excited about their meet. Just a lot of things that are very exciting going on with Churchill Downs right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's usually for a lot of people, it's sort of a, a quieter time, but that doesn't have to be the case. There's, there's always racing. There's some good stuff happening. There's still good stakes races between the Breeders' Cup and the end of the year. So no time, no time, but the present to, to keep on playing. Right. And that's why we do these shows to keep, to keep everybody interested and to keep everybody talking about these, these good races we have to finish out the year.
0: And before I bring on my special guest, let's bring on, looks like he's in the car. Looks, I think he's ready to go. Looks like he might be ready to go. Let's bring on from the Saratoga Special and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and a, a car of a brand that we do not know. Maybe he'll let us know. Paul Howard. Paul, how are you doing today?
1: There he is. Uh,
0: Paul, hey, Howard, us? how you doing? Yes. Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Am I on mute? Can you hear uh, me? No, we, we can hear we you. Can, Just we a little, can hear you. Yeah. Little dodgy with the Wi-Fi, but we can hear you. Yeah, I'm at. Uh, I got a football game tonight and another one tomorrow. So thank God for Bob Mullins. He's it's his car and his phone. So, <laughs> all right. Bob's Bob gets the MVP of today so far. All right. So we'll deal with Paul's a little. Uh, hopefully, won't. the sound is okay. The video's a little bit shaky, but I think we'll be all right. Real quick, let's bring on. Um, some of our wonderful guests in the chat. We got Smoggy Froggy, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, I'll i'll give some Thanksgiving uh announcements at the end, but Smoggy Froggy, thank you very much, Michael Austin. Uh, hello, podcast, happy Thanksgiving. Hope your lives are filled with joy and thanks. Wow, thank you, Michael. Appreciate that very much, Mark. Uh, we got Mike here, Carmoli, happy Thanksgiving, Howard. From one high school teacher, there we go, Mike, to another, greatly appreciate Hope you're enjoying the week off. We got Irene. Uh, Bertoli is here. Oh, still live. We should bring on Kevin right now. Still live in the late pick five, but needs Zawish to win in a few minutes. Well, good luck, Irene. We'll we'll have to talk about Zawish with uh, Kevin. Maybe he can give us a little insight there. Uh, Anyway, we've got a lot of great people watching. Let's bring him on right now, guys. Um, We're big fans of Churchill Downs, of course, big supporters of them. And I had the pleasure of meeting Darren Rogers and Kevin Kirstein along with Paul uh, last year at churchill downs for the fantastic derby and oaks weekend but this is his first appearance on the hhh racing podcast so let's not let him wait any longer publicity from churchill downs Incorporated. here he is mr kevin kirstein kevin how you doing today
2: man that's you know some big intros there i'm kind of nervous now but i'm really happy to be (laughs) joining you guys happy thanksgiving and uh you know i was going to complain about the weather out here at churchill but when you got you know, Paul up there in Saratoga, where I, I saw they got some snow, and you, Howard, out in uh, Illinois, where it's certainly nice and cold. And I really can't complain being here beneath the Twin Spires <laughs> on a chilly
0: November Wednesday. Yeah, the guys on the uh, FanDuel crew were looked very cold. They they are all bundled up and everything. I know it's a little bit chilly down there, but hey, it is you know almost December, Kevin. So even in Kentucky, it's going to cool off. Kevin, first of all, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. As I said, there's one more race to go at Churchill today. We, um so I want to back up the you know the starting time and make sure I haven't got their uh that's in is Zawish live by the way in the last race because Irene needs Zawish Kevin well well that's
2: so I'm I'm located literally on the backside right at the three quarter pole and so I can't see a thing of what happens on the front <laughs> side. So uh, it looks okay. uh, it looks
1: like no because Irene just said her what Irene just said her pick five just died. So apparently oh, Zawish oh, did and, not win the race. Oh yeah. Irene Napa
0: Candy Vicky Oliver no, All right. 1742 oh, well, Heck of a trainer. Listen, Kevin. First of all, I want to thank you coming on. Uh, myself and Paul, who just set out for a minute. He's in the he's in the car on his way to referring a, a football game. Actually, announcing a football game. Uh, him and I had the pleasure of going to the Derby and the Oaks for the first time last year, uh, thanks to Churchill yourself and media credential. And we had an incredible time. We covered a lot of races. The walkover, the, you know, the paddock, which of course is going to be brand new uh, coming for the 150th. So, just uh hats off to Churchill Downs for uh, us to be there with a credential. We look forward to going next year and many years to come, maybe with a bigger crew for our thousands of fans. We brought back a lot of video and some interviews and whatnot. So it was really the way you guys treated the media is absolutely first class. Just want to make sure you guys knew that right from the start.
2: Well, thanks. Really appreciate that. And, you know, it's sort of a, a two person crew handling 2000 media members on Derby between Darren and myself. And so uh, we appreciate comments like that. They don't go unnoticed and, uh, know we're really looking forward to having you back at Derby 150 in 160 or so days.
0: Yeah it's gonna be great and we uh by the way just said we can talk off air but I'd love to get on the distribution list if you have that for the media but just throw that out there as well I'll send you an email make sure uh you can have a few requests but anyway the 150 let's just talk before we talk about this weekend Pete let's talk about the 150th Derby because it for it sort of feels like Kevin this is the unofficial start you've got of course the uh, Goldenrod for the girls. Uh, you got the jo- Kentucky Jockey Club, and then there's another pool also coming out this weekend. And there's you know points on the line for the Oaks and the Derby. It sort of feels like this is the real beginning, Kevin, of Derby 150 weekend.
2: Yeah, you know it really is. And we kicked off the road to the Derby in September with the Iroquois, and you know that's still when you have some of those early season two year olds that are still maturing and seeing if they're you know legitimate two turn horses and. You know, now as we get into the later part of uh, this year and leading into, you know, the wintertime, you're really starting to see the true two-turn derby prospects. And we see that a lot uh, with the eight horses that are in the Kentucky Jockey Club on Saturday, as well as those other, you know, stars of tomorrow races that we're going to have on Saturday. You know, there, there's so many, you know, developing two-year-olds that we've had on the backside here at Churchill Downs. And, you know, here in the Kentucky circuit, we've carted the most maiden special weight races for two-year-olds out of any circuit in the country. And so they've really started to converge here at Churchill Downs, you know, in the springtime, in late May, early June. And so you get those your eyes on some of these early derby-type prospects. But, you know, right now it's really starting to get into the crunch time. You're starting to see some of the, the horses that have shown some promise that we've used in this Kentucky Derby Future Wager pool number two. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of unraced horses that are still out there. Uh, but, you know, you're starting to see the names that you want to keep your eye on moving into next year
0: Kevin last year we made a sort of a pretty famous bet on this show myself and Paul were involved in tap trace we had 66 out of one on tap trace and although of course he didn't win the derby that was quite the uh, journey for us to see him go off as I believe second choice at sixty to one, and he, you know, he was what like four to one in the Derby or whatever. So that was uh, quite exciting. The Derby future—I've got my eye on a horse that I'm going to talk about in the show a little bit later. That think opened at I believe eighty to one. I don't want to mention the name yet, but uh, anyway, the the, the, the future pool is always a lot of fun. Two other things I'd like to talk about before the races this weekend: uh, the Derby One Fifty, the new paddock. It's very exciting uh i have seen I, obviously it's being in the process of being built uh it looks like it's going to be absolutely fabulous can you give everyone a little bit of update or preview of what to expect with the new paddock that i believe is going to be opening up you know right before the derby next year yeah you, yeah it's uh you know well underway there's
2: you know almost gosh probably 175 to 200 workers that are working in the paddock every wow. single day uh to try and 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 prepare to get ready and it'll be ready in early April for Derby 150 and it's really going to be the most I think transformative project that we've done here at the track uh, at least in my tenure
1: Uh, I can't hear him or see them we've
2: renovated uh (laughs) so many different areas and uh and the paddock is going to be almost like a coliseum Think of it—it's going to be, you know, three stories of seats and, uh, you know, different seating areas on the first floor. There's going to be, you know, seating for sort of every single type of customer. Whether you're a railbird, you want to come out and just hang out and look around the paddock, you're going to be able to do so on, on different observation decks and different seats. Plus, there's some club levels beneath. It's really sort of indescribable, and the best way to do it is sort of look at this project is derby150.com. There's some great renderings and some great virtual tours that you can do on that website, Derby150.com, and really get a glimpse of this $200 million paddock project. You know, over my shoulder right now is this temporary paddock that we've used in the off-season outside of Derby, and it's really, you know, a normal-looking paddock if you watch the races on the Churchill Downs Amelcast signal, but wait until you see this thing, Howard. It's going to be unbelievable, and uh, you can get a glimpse of that at
0: Derby150.com. Uh, Pete, I don't mean to jump. Uh, I don't mean to hog the uh, time here, Pete. If no, you
1: please, go ahead. Kevin, no, to... you, you start with these. I'll have a question maybe later. All right, no
0: problem. Kevin, sorry about it. Paul. He's having some issues with Wi-Fi in the car. Our other great co host who, by the way, is writing, writing a book on Cody's Wish, if you're not familiar with Paul Heller and our co host And uh, what a great story that was. And everyone that's listening live, we got many, many people watching, listening right now. Uh, Kevin, if you have any questions for Kevin Kirstein of Churchill Downs Incorporated, please put them. In the chat, let's bring up um, a topic that needs to be discussed, and I'm sure you won't mind discussing it. And it relates to the question from Will Craig that I'm going to put up on the screen at the bottom. And it's the turf course uh, situation, which you know, I, obviously, you guys would like to see the turf course, you know, being run on the bottom. Will says, are they going to replace or renovate the turf course for our great fans, Kevin, who support Churchill Downs and all the associated tracks with CDI? Can you give everyone a bit of an update? First, on what might happen this weekend, is there any chance that the scheduled races be on the turf? And then any idea, if you have a crystal Ball, what's going to be happening going forward? You know, I, first
2: of all, no one wants this turf course, uh, you know, fixed more than we do. And so, uh, you know, I, I get everyone, I'm a gambler myself, I get everyone's frustrations. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's sort of still a day-to-day situation over these next couple of days of racing. Uh, the turf crew was out there this morning, putting out the temporary rail, which would be in lane four for the races tomorrow, uh, which featured featured the Cardinal. And so, uh, you know, we got rain on Tuesday. The sun hasn't poked out until about mid afternoon today to try and dry some of the, the course out. And so it's, it's literally a day by day sort of situation on this turf course to close out the meet. We're hoping to get in these races the next couple of days, but we're just going to wait and see what happens, and uh, you know we have lots of experts both on the you know the racetrack front and turf course front, and our jockeys too. We've you know we've constantly had contact with the jocks' room, and, and they walk the turf course as well as you know our turf consultants, our experts, our regular crew here at Churchill Downs, and we're just going to make uh, you know what decision we, we deem necessary. And so that information will be released as soon as I I get word on my X account at Horse Racing KK. So give you plenty of time to gamble and handicap the races. You know, it's it's sort of frustrating when I know you, you want to handicap for one surface or the other, but maybe just take a little bit of extra time to do sort of selections for both dirt and turf leading into these last couple of days of racing. But it's still day to day. We're hopeful if we can get them on, we'll get them on.
0: Well, look, I, I want to make this very clear. Uh, I've had great experiences with Churchill. Safety is the utmost importance, right? I and mean, The last thing you want is horses running on the turf, they're slipping they're sliding you know falls whatever that is the last thing pete that anyone wants so as much as we'd like to see turf obviously they need to do what's right by the horses number one the horsemen the jockeys I mean pete that is really uh, especially in this age of heist and everything else i mean you got to do what's what's best for those people
1: yeah, of course. And I think I assume Kevin and everyone at CDI thinks the same way. And I guess from a if you look at it from a gambling perspective, it's just it's a little frustrating, like any track where you where you're like, is, is there even a chance it's going to run? Do I put the time in or do I just is there ever thought, Kevin, of saying, you know what, it's just too much trouble day in and day out we're just going to not card turf races for a bit because they're too, it's too much trouble trying to figure out one way or the other, or is that just not a consideration at all? You
2: know, we did that last year, um, you know, when we had some blows on the turf courses. And so it's, it's always an option. And, you know, look, we were optimistic on, on getting these races on and uh, just sort of playing things day by day. And if you notice on some of these turf races, uh, as if you got the tractors behind me, so I'm not sure my audio is the best, but <laughs> no worries. Uh, you, you're seeing some dirt horses that are taking a gamble entering these turf races and so you're seeing that um you saw some main track onlys that got re-entered in dirt races or you know taking the the gamble to try and get in if they're on the main track and so uh, you know you'll see a lot of these mixed in the next couple of days of racing and so you know we're hopeful if we can get them on we'll get them on but if not there's plenty of dirt horses that are in the body of those fields that uh, will help keep those field sizes
0: well the sure. nice thing kevin i've talked about on this show many times. The Churchill Downs dirt course is about as favorable of a dirt course for turf horses, I think, in the country. I mean, we could go on and on about, you know, Animal Kingdom and Barbaro. And, I mean, uh, you know, Kajira is a really nice filly that's taken well to not only the dirt, but, you know, the Churchill. I mean, so turf horses can run on... churchill dirt course a lot more than other dirt courses do you find that to be true because in my years of handicapping i find that absolutely maybe it's the the composition of the dirt or whatever but turf horses can absolutely run on this uh dirt course at Churchill. you know it's funny that you bring that up because the
2: late john asher who it's was would be his birthday today uh, mm. That was his, always his biggest handicapping angle. He loved horses with a little green in their damp side, especially. And so he always thought that horses took kindly to it. And I never really noticed until he uh, brought that up to me about, you know, seven, eight years ago. And you know what? It's absolutely true. You sort of see some horses that, you know, take, you know, more kindly to this dirt surface than some of the other dirt surfaces around the country. So would it be surprised if you see some of that, you know, turfy pedigree, especially on the bottom side that will run well uh, if they're off the turf.
0: For sure. Kevin, let's talk about this weekend. We've got, of course, stars. Well, tomorrow, let's go chronologically, Uh, you know, nice, real nice card tomorrow, as you mentioned. And then the grade stakes uh, kicking for sure. Friday, you got the Clark, which to me, and we're going to handicap it when you uh, leave, you know, leave us here in a few minutes. But I think it's a fantastic race. Every year it's one of my favorite races. Pete, if you do remember last year, I loved Proxy, who came through and won, who had a, a fantastic year. This year's edition of the Clark, Kevin, is not only a big field as expected, it's very competitive with a lot of fresh faces and some horses that might be a factor in the handicapped division next year. So I think this year's Clark, which will be Friday, is a really great race. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned with tomorrow's card for
2: Thanksgiving Day uh, with two stakes, the Cardinal and the Fall City. You know annually the fall city i love this race for uh the phillies and mares and, and Kijira, who uh you talked about a couple of minutes ago she looks to be you know one of the top uh distaffers in next year and uh, phil bauer sort of kicked himself of the way that he's managed her this year uh, you know they thought about running in the breeders cup Distaff and ended up going to the mother goose but she's a very exciting prospect 12 races on the cart tomorrow for thanksgiving day it's a huge day at the track eight thousand pounds of turkey uh, be served tomorrow to, to the guests wow. here. Just an amazing amount of, uh, of food that goes on here at the track. And then Friday with the Clark is uh, one of the best days of gambling here outside of Derby Week. It's just massive pools on Clark Day, and it's sort of like maybe the wives send their uh, husbands out to the track so they can go shopping. And you sort of see that in the pools <laughs> you know, big pools all day. And uh, you know, it's the, the Clark with featuring First Mission, uh, who's the morning line favorite at just three to one. You know, he, he won an allowance race at Keeneland. He's obviously on his resume. He won the Lexington and was the favorite in the Preakness before he had his setback. But he's sort of one that could use this race to propel himself to maybe the Pegasus next year and some of the bigger races, uh, maybe internationally after that. And then you also have, you know, Il Miracolo, who's, uh, you know, an accomplished towards his own right. He's a great uh, three winner. He's he shipped in here from Florida. Uh, you know the New York bred straight arrow up and down this this field it's a very competitive race and you know after the Breeders' Cup Classic you know there's a lot of not a lot of horses that run back on just three weeks rest and uh, you're going to have one horse in here Stage Raider the number nine uh, who just didn't run a step in that Breeders' Cup dirt mile who's going to test two turns again and so you really don't have a lot of those horses that are still in training that maybe bypass the Classic
0: that aren't in this race. Yeah, first mission is is oh sorry, Pete, did you wanna say something? There? No, no, no.
1: I was just sort of agreeing with Kevin because that's what that's what exactly what this field looks like in first mission yeah. is probably where we'd all want to talk about anyway, just because he's the one who he, he's the buzz horse from, you know, multiple different points, but it never he's never been able to sort of show his stuff on a consistent basis. But we'll see if this kicks it off, like Kevin was saying.
0: And then Kevin, Saturday at the stars of tomorrow, two uh, you got the Golden Rod and Jockey Club points for the Oaks and the Derby online. Why don't you briefly? And then there's really nice uh, race before the Golden Rod and after the Jockey Club, six and a half furlongs, I think, both of them for the boys and the girls, including a very ex- exciting runner that I like, that I can't wait to see what he does off his debut booth, I believe, the name of the horse from the outside. Talk about what's happening Saturday, Kevin, at Churchill.
2: Yeah, you know, the Stars of Tomorrow cards have uh, been inaugurated since 2005, and since then, they've produced more than 50 Grade One winners. You've had Oaks winners, and Secret Oath are pretty mischievous. Super Saver for the Derby, Gunrunner, multiple Horse of the Year. All of those horses have run on these Stars of Tomorrow cards, which, you know, the opening day of the fall meet is the first Stars of Tomorrow, then we will back four weeks later for the second Stars of Tomorrow. All two-year-old races, and and you're right, Howard. Uh, Booth is probably the headliner that I'm most looking forward to seeing in the Ed Brown stakes, which will go as race nine. It's an all stakes late pick four sequence in races nine, 10, 11, and 12. And so the Ed Brown kicks things off, and then you'll go with the Golden Rod, uh, a mile and a 16th on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Race 11 is the Kentucky Jockey Club. That's on the road to the Kentucky Derby, and then the 12th race, the Fern Creek, which will close things out. So it's a a fun sequence, but Booth looks to be just such a dynamic son of Matoli. He's run, uh, you know, a very fast speed figure on his debut. Steve Aspenson keeps him sprinting at the six and a half furlongs. He's said, you know, I don't think he can't stretch out, but he's keeping him at this one turn just for now. So I wouldn't be surprised maybe in the wintertime, especially down at Oaklawn, if we'll see him on the road to the Kentucky Derby.
0: Yeah, and then sunday you have the commonwealth which uh a grade three which hopefully we're on the turf we'll have to see uh how that goes kevin real quick before we let you go let's talk about Turfway. i i'm very excited about Turfway. uh you know i bet turf quite a bit last year and you had to have some deep pockets because wow with those pick fives difficult kevin the Tapita, i'm a big fan of and i'm not just saying that because you're on the screen i was i used to be not a huge fan of synthetics i'm from chicago i learned uh, you know, with Arlington, of course, they had synthetic, and it's really a safe surface. I actually have a few horse, horses that I have small ownership pieces of that are going to be running uh, at Turfway this winter. So I'm very excited. They've all there. They're training. Uh, the, the trainers have been raving about the surface, and the field sizes are huge. And a lot of the big-name trainers run at Turfway. It's really becoming a major winter meet. Uh, throughout the country. Talk a little bit about, and a new announcer as well, talk a little more about Turfway coming up. Yeah, it's
2: it's really exciting. You know, the Kentucky Circuit has certainly become a year-round circuit. And, you know, you've often seen trainers after the Churchill Fall Meet closes or after the Churchill Down Spring Meet closes, they go north to Saratoga or they'll head south in the wintertime to Fairgrounds or Oaklawn or Gulfstream Park. And, you know, the purse structure now here in Kentucky is allowing trainers to keep so many of their top prospects here at home and keeping a year-round circuit. So annually at Turfway, you're you're featuring with you know Mike Maker, Steve Asmus, and Brad Cox. They've always had Barnes there, but now you're seeing some of their better prospects being left there. Idiomatic, who won the Breeders' Cup Distaff, started her career at Turfway Park for Brad Cox, and so that's just the type of horsepower that we're having up north in Florence, Kentucky. Uh, and it's so exciting. And, and you mentioned you know the the difficultness of you know Turfway's. Gambling product, and it's all full fields that signed on for Wednesday night's opening program next Wednesday. All fields of twelve. There's a bunch of also eligibles, uh, and, and you know if you're right, it's just those pick five payouts are massive. There's a low fourteen percent takeout pick four. If you're interested in playing that, uh, Will Craig bombs the... away at Turfway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the average win payout last year was like fourteen dollars and seventy two cents for uh, for a That's two dollars awesome. bet, and so. I mean, it's just a great circuit, and you're seeing a lot of the, the top trainers keep some great prospects here at home and up north. And you're going to see in the jock colony, too, I think there were 52 jockeys in the Turfway Condition Book uh, that are going to be in that jocks room. Adam Biskits is a new name, Declan Cannon, and Gerardo Corrales. It'll be a great jocks room, great trainer colony, and I'm looking forward to gambling on uh, next Wednesday's card, <laughs> Wednesday through Saturday nights uh, through March the 30th.
0: Well, Kevin, we got to get you back on for an inevitable pick five carryover at Turfway. What's the key to Turfway for our great viewers and listeners out there? I mean, I think it's a real even in general. It's even now with Arlington had the synthetic, you know, it is winter. So I found when it's a little bit colder, sometimes that the the, the the tapita tightens up a little bit and speed plays a little bit better. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Any quick insights for the handicappers out there on how to win money at Turfway?
2: You know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to in the two-year-old race is at least to kick off the meet. So, Turfway was open for year-round training this year for the first time. And so, I'm looking to see, you know, some of the horses that have been based up at Turfway to have works on that tapita surface. and uh, you know, maybe show some speed in those works. So at least, you know, that they're taking to the surface well up there. Um, and so you'll have a lot of the dirt horses that are based here at Churchill, sort of a question mark, if they can handle the tapita, but those that are based up at Turfway and some of those major barns, I think that's going to be a handicapping angle for me, at least to kick off for me.
1: Hey yes. Kev, real Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, real, are there any tracks coming, where horses coming in from those tracks that do well at Turfway, or is it pretty, is it pretty even all the way around?
2: You know, you see a little bit of uh, the Presque Isle shippers that come in and do well, at least in the uh, you know, sort of the mid-level races there. Um, I, I'd look at some of the Billy Morey barn. So he shipped up to Presque Isle and, and came back to Turfway where he uh, where he was based. You know, he's, he's pretty good in those claiming type level of races. But, um, you know, I'd sort of lean towards the, the bigger outfits in the claiming races, dropping in class. You'll see a lot of the Ohio horses I and mean, the Ohio trainers that maybe have horses drop from allowance into a, a claiming tag. But, you know, even uh, an allowance race in Ohio compared to, to a $30,000 race in Kentucky, for example, is sort of a, a, an even playing field. Yeah. So, you know, maybe not take those Ohio bread droppers as much as you may have the Kentucky breads, uh, Kentucky-based horses that are going to run in some of those lower-level races.
1: Nice. The, the good info. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, we're looking forward to Turfway. Churchill, Kevin, before we let you go, uh, I Tom Espinoza, who's from San Francisco, has a thought on the bottom. Just go all, all, all in your pick three, and you can definitely hit it for sure. I'm sure you guys would love that, increase that handle. Any final thoughts, uh, Kevin, about this weekend or anything you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners? And once again, thank you very much for coming on, and make sure you say hello to Darren Rogers for us, and we cannot wait for Derby uh, 150. But any final thoughts about this weekend or anything you'd like to discuss with CDI right
2: now? You know, look, we just really appreciate everyone's support. Uh, from the gambling aspect you know it's it's the bread and butter of the sport and i know there's a lot of gamblers that are listening to this podcast so we really appreciate your support uh, throughout the year here at churchill downs and and we can't wait to get underway at turfway this winter Um, you know the gambling product as we said the last few minutes is just going to be a a lot of fun races this winter and
0: uh, hopefully we can have some deep pockets leading into derby 150 next year (laughs) That, that's the plan. We, we'll need it because it's always going to be a great weekend of of racing, of course, for Derby 150. Kevin Kirstein from Churchill Downs Incorporated Publicity. Really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We look forward to talking to you again, especially when it comes down to uh, media credentials and whatnot for Derby 150 weekend. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend, Kevin. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck.
1: Take, take All right, care. Take God. care. bye Happy Thanksgiving.
0: All right. Kevin Kirstein does a great job at Churchill Downs we really appreciate uh the time from him and you know look they're in a tough spot with the turf course I you know I don't want to belabor the point they know Um, but I'll tell you what I I, I'm going to take him at his word it sounds like it's possible this weekend I would tend to doubt it but uh you know we'll, we'll see I know they're not going to expect to get more rain from what I've seen it is going to be colder I mean, who knows, Pete? I it, On TV, I don't know if you – I was watching Churchill today. I didn't do a lot of betting at Churchill, but I was watching it. It looks good. And the fact that the rails have come out I think means they're going to try to run on it. And, you know, they're running the safest yeah. part of the course, which has been run on. But it's going to have to be perfect for them to run on it, I would think, based on the scenarios we talked about.
1: Yeah, there's not much you can do, really. I mean, you no. you can handicap the race or you just say, you know what? I'm not going to put the time in until, say, I see scratches and they, and they talk about changes and they say where they're going to run. I mean, as long as you sort of know in advance, at least, you know, you know it's not like where, hey, three minutes before the race, we decide we're going to take it off. As long as you know in advance, yeah. you can take the time, you can handicap. I guess the biggest thing for me was when I looked at a couple of these races we're going to talk about was, and we do say that the turf horses do transition decent to the dirt, but you still don't know who's going to be kept in. So you no. look at these, it's a big field. They all look like turf horses in most of them, or at least a good like 85%. So you look at them and go, okay, some of these have really bad dirt form, but would they stay in? Cause they actually have some experience on the dirt. You just can't predict that. So you just sort of play it by ear.
0: Uh, from from the wonderful Paul Halloran, he's now in a press box, but music is blaring. It's just not going to work out for him today. So, <laughs> Paul, that's okay. He does want to make sure that we all said that he absolutely loves first mission. And then he said, obviously. Uh Obviously. In the, in the Clark. But, Pete, I'm going to make an executive decision. I think we're going to skip the details of the turf races and just go through the three dirt races. Because I don't want to... We don't know if it's going to be in the field. We don't even know if it's going to be on turf or not. I think I think it's just in everyone's best interest just to go ahead and talk about the three grade two dirt races, the one Friday, the Clark, and then the, the two big ones on Saturday, the Golden Rod and the Jockey Club. So I think we're going to go uh, that route, Pete. So uh, the first race, let's talk about the Clark first, which is Friday. Um, and let me bring that up on the screen here real quick. Uh, present. Oh, we're good right now. Let's, let's do it right now, Pete. We already brought up. Um, I, I, actually, let me bring you, you back in also so everyone knows. We are not handicapping a pick five uh, particular sequence today based on the holiday. And, again, all the question marks going on with the turf course. We're just going to hit on the three big grade two races of the weekend. The first one is Friday. It's the Clark grade two, like I said, 548 Eastern Standard Time, field of 10. The more line favorite is number two, first mission, Pete. For Cox and size, a horse we've talked about quite a bit. I see three to one on the morning line. There's no way in hell this horse is going to be three to one. I'm going to say nine to five if I had to I'll pick a, an odds number out there. Let me go and bring in our banners uh, on the screen because I'm going to bring those up for the Clark. The banners are going to look a little different because we don't have a pick five. There it is. There's our picks. Uh, Pete, you and Paul are going with first mission. I first mission in second as I bring up the PPs. What did you like about first mission, especially in this year's Clark?
1: I mean, it's a tough one, because, and I agree. The odds threw me because what I, I I was thinking more even morning line sort of nine to five. I didn't expect three to one. I feel like that's a pipe dream, like you said. But yeah. I, I think when you look at a race like this, th- there's some decent quality horses in here for sure. But first mission is the only one that looks like or has been talked about or has the potential. And you see the connections, you know, sort of back that up where this horse can actually move to the top and be like one of the top few in the handicap division next year. And you can't really say that about I don't think anyone else in the field. I mean, they could surprise you. So you look at this horse and go, okay, if he's as good as people expect him to be this is where you start showing it. I mean, that last race was an allowance race against a field probably should have beat, and it was a slow pace, so it wasn't as easy as it as it maybe could have been. But this is the horse that you expect, right? I don't know what you – I know I see you picked against him, but don't you think that in this field he's the only one who sort of has a I can be near the top of the handicap division sort of potential?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was absolutely – Desperate to beat command performance, who's a horse that's becoming somewhat famous. On that hey, race. he's a
1: monster now. What are you he's talking about? <laughs>
0: you saw first mission there get up on just pure class alone. I mean, if you'd ask me who has the best chance of moving forward in this race, it's definitely first mission. First, I was just trying to get a little cheeky. First mission is the horse to beat. You know, I like this horse, I think this horse would have won the Preakness, uh, for sure. As uh, yeah. you know, we'll never know, of course. He's the one to beat. Um, but
1: he doesn't lay over the, like from a figure he standpoint, he doesn't lay over the field. So if you, if you didn't, if his name was something else and it wasn't first mission and he was just some other horse who had this same resume and you had never heard of him as far as the Preakness, like we didn't know he wasn't supposed to be an it kind of horse. If you looked at this, you go, okay, he looks like maybe the best horse, but he's not unbeatable. He doesn't look like he lays over. So I think because he's first mission and because of the, because of what he's done or what he tried to do we think of him as as maybe a whale above this field but again on the racetrack yeah he's he's there and he's better but i don't think he's so much better that it's a foregone conclusion
0: the one thing when i looked up and down this field if there's a horse that's going to get a 100 plus buyer and really step up it's this horse so it's just yeah. there aren't a lot of horses to meet pete that can really step up their game like they are who they are now yep. the only other horse i think can do it is the one i've picked on top and um and that's the number one straight arrow i looked at this race a lot pete i'm like okay who who can beat first mission and and I, i'm not gonna go through every horse but like el maricolo i don't know i mean just got a perfect trip when he won i don't know if he's good enough gasoline maybe i know we both have this horse third but i mean where did that last race come from and he got a dream trip in that race yeah trademarks big efforts have again been really good trips I and mean, there's a lot of speed in this race. Like Filmstar's got the numbers, but again, there's a lot of pace in this race, and he's sort of just a grindy yeah, type. Yeah, and
1: he, he's all his wins, like for me, all his wins came wire to wire, and I just don't think he's going to get a, a clean, easy wire to wire trip in this field. There's enough speed in here. You see the seven right there is plenty of speed to push trademark. I, I or just, first, you know, I should I, say, sorry, not trademark. I meant, you know, I meant... Uh, I, I,
0: I just looked up and down this field. I I looked at the 10 pretty closely, Blue Devil. I was ready to put him on top, Pete. And then I watched his last race, which was good. But, I mean, again, it was an absolute (laughs) dream trip. And he saved ground and Clapton and Trademark still beat him. I was like, I don't know. So I
1: I, I wanted to like that horse until I I watched the replay. The same thing where I was like, I think this might be the one I'm going to put in, even if it's in the second spot. But then I watched the replay and I was a little underwhelmed. From, yeah, from I don't know
0: if straight arrow is good enough, but I'll tell you what, he's in great form. And I and I realized the last two races were in the mud, and maybe that's what's moved this horse up. Mike Dean is an excellent trainer. I've talked about Mike Dean before, he used to race a lot of Arlington, he's a Chicago guy. Um, this race, the source looks like he can stalk, he can close a little bit, he's in great form, he's blowing these New York bred fields away. And again, there's just no one in this race that really, other than first mission that I'm really scared of. And so, sorry mean to me and do that. So I'm going to take a shot of straight arrow, hoping that he's going to, the fact that Drew is on this horse, by the way, really got my attention. Here's a question for you, Pete, before we move on to the Saturday races. I looked it up. How many times do you think Drew has ridden for Mike Dini in the last five years? Cause I looked it up.
1: I didn't even look it up. I would say two. Is it one, zero one? Okay, and
0: he did win in a turf race at six to one. So, nice. anyway, there you go. Uh, that caught that catches my attention because you know, the Drew's not going to jump on a horse that can't win, he's going to save ground. He's got tactical speed. The main question is, can he handle a fast dirt course? He was improving, Pete, before the last three races, so I'd like to think yes. And I'm gonna get, uh, I don't know, six to one. Why not? I just, I'm trying to beat someone. I mean, to find I, I, first mission.
1: I, I like it. I mean, you see, I have, I have the horse in second and yeah. I think that I think the rail could maybe work out a trip. With some of the speed from the outside but it's pretty tactical and then you just look and the improvement came when stretched out now the first one was on the turf when he stretched out so you sort of can ignore that one a bit and it's not like he ran bad he was just too far back and 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 couldn't make a move but then again if it weren't that the last two were on the mud he's got a 455 tomlinson on the wet so you just look at that and go man is it just the mud because those figures came out of nowhere And you look at that and go, I usually you would say, I want to see it on a fast track, like you said, but in a race like this, where you're looking at a favorite, where you go, can we beat a favorite? Who's going to take a ton of money? I don't think this is bad one. Or if you just say, look, I'm going to just go cold and do a cold, a cold first mission, or it doesn't even have to be cold. You can Dutch it. I should say, but you know, just in case, but I think if you're just looking to, I think this one has upside because his most improved races have happened after Something like he moved to, he moved to the distance. He's out of Arrogate. So, you know, the distance is generally going to be his friend. So at least when you see that, you feel like there's a reason for the improvement. So I'm with you hundred percent. I really like that one too. Uh, the one too.
0: Um, I just got a message, a text from uh, Kevin Kirstein literally right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, oh, wow. Interesting. Tomorrow, they are on the turf for the Cardinal Stakes. Nice. Um, but they're going to be off. Uh, but the other two carded turf races tomorrow are going to be off the turf. But the fact that they're going to be on the turf at all is a great sign for the weekend. I, don't, I still am going to stick to our my decision to not look at those other two races uh, that we... That, that Which is we
1: a shame are. because I think that that first race, the whatever that is, the, the 10th, the the Mrs. Revere. That's a really good race. That's a good field. It's a good, even field. So I really hope that one does stay on just because it's a good race.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, But they are going to be on the turf, which is a great sign. Um, Does that mean they're going to be on the turf Friday and Saturday? Who knows? But uh, the Ben and Boozen boys will be happy to hear that because they handicapped tomorrow's card on, on the 50th episode. Once again, congratulations to those guys. So I will, let them know. There we go. Straight off the presses, Pete. There we go. That's a I love Thank it. You love it. Breaking heard.
1: breaking news. Thanks, yeah, Kevin. There you
0: go. Um as I as I um, send back a text real quick, any other horses you want to talk about before we move on to Saturday out of this race? Uh, you've got well, uh, the. Four I'll I'll talk to
1: one because Tom Tom mentioned Giant Game in the chat, so you know we like to we like to talk about the horses that the that Go the ahead. listeners are looking for. Here, and, and and I looked at this horse. He's a he was a tough one for me because I mean he's run in he, he's run in some quality company. And I mean, you see one, the corn Husker actually against Skippy Longstocking, who, who, who kind of came on towards the end of the year a bit. My question with him is, and I think it's a good question. If you like this horse is, Hey, is he ran well losing to gasoline and he was sort of pressing on the pace. Is the, is it just the layoff? So now second off the layoff, he does have from a, at least from a time form standpoint, he has a pace advantage. So if he can clear the other speed. He's good enough to hold. I mean, if you look at the cornhuster, he set some, look at those yeah. fractions. He was setting some pretty good fractions and was able to hold. So again, in, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold off a horse like first mission if first mission is right, and especially because first mission is tactical enough to stay close, but I, he's not a bad horse because anytime you can get the speed of the speed, who's shown he can hold at a distance. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad play or shoot. He just maybe has to hold and hit the board in all honesty, if you can get him on top and he holds and hit the board at, at double digit odds. So Tom, I'm, yeah. I, I don't Yeah. think it's a bad play, especially maybe underneath.
0: No. It's not a bad play. It's just, there's, there's a quite a bit of speed in this race and these inside horses like have to go. I just, I don't envision giant game getting loose at all and holding off everyone else. But look, it, it's a tough race. It's one of the tougher Clarks I think we've seen in a while, especially from a pace perspective. Pete, let's go on to Saturday. There's two races Saturday that I'm bringing up right now. One is the Golden Rod, that's for the girls. The other one's the Kentucky Jockey Club for the boys. They're both points for the Oaks and the Derby next year. They're always fun races. There's a picks on the bottom of the screen right now. Pete is going 8.75. I'm going 2.78. Paul's going 5. 7-2 let me bring it up on the screen here actually oops i wanted to bring up the aqua base sorry uh, actually i gotta jump back to hold on i'm screwing this up here let <laughs> me let me uh get back to the actual day because usually it will cover multiple days yeah it's not multiple days yeah give me, a days, yeah. Yeah, give me a while, you, while you do that i'll just All say
1: right. i thought this was this was actually my favorite race of the five mm. that we looked at i just thought i mean i think the clark is a good race but i thought this one has The winner of this race, unless it's some one crazy horse that you don't expect, the winner of this race is going to be really quality because some of these early, I mean, the, the early races for these, especially for West Sunset and Torpedo Anna, but even a few others, they've been some quality, man. And they looked impressive and they look like that there's some real potential with these horses. So I'm excited for this one just because, like we said, this is the aside from the Breeders' Cup. Juvenile Phillies, This is a pretty big kickoff of some top quality horses heading towards the Oaks.
0: No doubt about it. And you already mentioned the two outside horses who are the favorites: Torpedo Anna for McPeak and Hernandez, and West Sunset for Cox Pratt and those wonderful pink silks of Gary and Mary West. And you're you're chalking out here. And I I didn't think this was a very deep race, although I have a opinion that I hope is going to be clever. This is the first time I've seen the morning line, Sue, by the way. I don't know about yourself, but Torpedo Thor- Anna 8-5 to five. Has just been fantastic. I mean, what do you say in her two starts? The the major question is, can she stretch out? That's really although three
1: races in that. three three two three races in a month basically. So that's that yeah. was the biggest question for me was okay. was that's that's pretty even for even for McPeak who's not afraid to do something like that. That's pretty aggressive in you know three races with a young horse. So that was I my. Know. That was my concern, but she's, and she, obviously she didn't work. She went she worked up until the last race and yep. then we haven't seen her since. So I put her on top more just because she's been super impressive, but I don't think it, it to me, it's more seven, eight, or sort of one a one B for me. And then there's some others who I think could also win the race.
0: Uh, I'm assuming Torpedo Anna, in your opinion, is going to sit off of West sunset based on the I early think so. time form. West sunset is absolutely faster. And then and Torpedo Anna also rated last time. So it, it, talk about a race that you think you know the pace. Of, it sure looks like it's going to be 7-8 on the first turn. It looks that way on paper, at least.
1: Yeah, on paper, for sure. I, there's not a ton of other speed inside of those horses. There's mostly come-from-behind horses. So you figure the 7-goes. And then Hernandez is going to have to make a call. What he wants to do is he just going to sit off or is he going to maybe try and get to the rail and, and settle somewhere behind. But I think that that little chess match right at the start and Hernandez and Pratt, they know what the hell they're doing. So that should be interesting right away. And then we'll see if for some reason, anyone inside goes and throws sort of a monkey wrench into that plan.
0: Here's my thought Pete. and look. I, there's no doubt these are the two horses to beat. I mean, I'm not stupid, but you know what? <laughs> two-year-olds are two-year-olds, man. We've just seen it over yeah. and over again. And you know, I, I I looked at I looked at the two real carefully, and when I watched the replay, I liked it even more intricate for Walsh and Gaffleyon. A few things I want to mention: this horse is slower. I mean. Obviously, right, and and you know I don't know if you saw the time form only got an eighty time form last time. That was was actually what, which I almost switched my pick just like that because I have a lot of respect for. That was my
1: reason. That was my that was the reason why I backed off this horse because I like this horse too. But I backed when you're splitting hairs, that's a a kind of a factor that can swing you one way or the other.
0: Here's my thought, though, Pete. That was a very slow pace last time. Oh yeah, she was was involved and she did it really professionally, and I know. know sometimes we give each other hard times about trips and being in between horses and whatnot i'm not going to show the whole race but intricate was the nine here who won was evolved in a very slow pace and they were like bunching up and this is very professional she's in the green if you could tell right here and again she's in amongst horses then there's a horse on the outside you see where she is right here like taking a lot of dirt and I know people are like Howard. What's the big deal? It is a big deal. It's well. Then market. they're young.
1: Like I, I, I laugh more about it when it's experienced horses. But when they're young and sure. they're making their second start, then yeah, uh, anything that's new yeah. or different is going to be tough for them to deal with.
0: Like right here is a tricky spot, right? She's in. She could have easily checked and got scared and studied. She let the horse go on the outside. Right here, like. Right here, if I'm betting the nine, I'm not real happy. See, she got shuffled back there. Okay, it was only like literally 10 feet. It makes a difference to me. Once she got to the outside, I mean, and she's three wide right here, legitimate. It does not look like she's really going very well. Once she got to the outside and got into the bridle, boy, she absolutely exploded and did it very well. Now... She's got to face much. She's right here. She's got to face much tougher horses, Pete, but she blew by this field. And I just like the visual, you know what I mean? Like, I love the way she's finishing. She's doing it the correct way on the right lead. And again, the time and the fig is not real impressive, but look, he's pretty much in hand here, right? I mean, finishing really well. So this is a very much a visual play for me. And here's my thought, Pete, at some time, and I think you would agree with this. At some time, the seven, eight are going to engage, right? Whether it's probably not going to be early, probably on the far turn. And I'm hoping for my sake, the intricate is just sitting right behind, letting them battle and then swings out just like we saw and is as good as I think she is. I don't think it's completely implausible that this horse cannot go by those two. I mean, the the seven horse, um, let me go back. Uh, the seven horse won last time. Well, but that was in the slop. So maybe one West Sunset prefers slop. And she then looked good Pita doing it She, did. she did look turns.
1: good doing it though. The seven. I, re- I really liked watching both her races. She looked really good, man. I just like you're talking about visually. I was like, boy, this one. That's why the seven and the eight, when I looked at them both, I was like, oh, maybe when I watch the races, one will stick out more. And I was like, man, they both look fantastic, just just the way they pulled away. And they were professional. And I like West Sunset with sort of I like the versatility. I mean, the first one, she came from the clouds. I mean, she, she was did. way back. And then she in did. the last one, she just gets on the lead and dominates. No, so no. the versatility is impressive. So I, I but I do agree with you. I don't it's not like she's they're so great that they can't be beat. And at those prices, why not take a shot?
0: And the thing about you—you Thor- you nailed it on the head from her torpedo, to Anna. Pete, we've seen this a thousand times, especially with two-year-olds. I don't—I don't like to say bounce because they're inconsistent in general. But I, she's coming back really quick without any works, and I—I I totally understand why they're doing it. I mean, she's looked fantastic. That doesn't mean she's going to run great, you know, this Saturday. So I—I I have a few misgivings about. Uh, the, actually, almost more of the, about the eighth and the seven for some strange reason. I don't know why I feel that way, I just do, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll move on. I'm interested in the intricate of the two. If she's like the, the pocket. Yes. I think she's got a big shot. Central Avenue, real quick. Paul's I got like the horse, horse on horse. top. Yeah, I like uh, this. horse. Godolph- oh, it's Godolphin. No wonder why. If it's not New York bread, it's got to be a Godolphin <laughs> horse for uh, Paul, right? But it's either shirt, a Curlin, uh, a
1: Godolphin, a Curlin Godolphin, or New York bread. He's 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 right as rain, Paul. He can never. He's consistent as can be.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure if Paul was on the show, look. I mean, the horse just lost it. Just FYI, I mean, so and- there's form lines here. Central Avenue is wouldn't shock me either.
1: Honestly, my biggest concern, cause I really like this horse and my biggest concern was, I just don't know if, if, the, I mean, she was, she was in last in both races, you know, but most of the way through, although she was, and she was chasing pretty slow paces, which makes it more impressive the way she closed. But I don't know if there's enough pace in here for her to get up and pass him unless some That's weird stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think she's quality. I think the distance is only going to be, is going to be her friend for sure. The, the the debut field was kind of soft, but still, when you're closing from last into those kind of fractions as a young horse, I like that. So, again, she's yeah. going to have to move forward. But and when we talk about time form, this one goes the other way, where time form gave her last race a 97-69. That's a that's – a, at least that's a nice – that puts her right below the top two if it was more of like the 77 buyer range. So – Quality horse, I like it for sure. I think it, this is a good race, man. I think these are just some good horses.
0: It just feels like it's not as obvious as 7-8 in this race to me. And there's very likable little horses. Like you said, it's a great race. My gut feeling on the 5 will move on. She might be better next year. I, I just... Based yeah. on her breeding, like I'm not saying she can't win Saturday, but I think the pace scenario is really going to hurt. She's going to
1: need when there's more speed in the re- like yeah. when there's other good speed, and and maybe we get bigger fields with more speed in it. I think that'll be yeah. – or but, they figure out a way to get her in the mix a little earlier. Which is, is like tough.
0: they could have centered the Demoiselle, which is a mile and eighth at Aqueduct, which you think would be better for closers, and they decided to go here where there's points. So I yeah. actually think it's a vote of confidence if you like Central Avenue. The five, let's go on the last race, Pete. The golden, uh, sorry, the uh, jockey, uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club. Here it is <laughs> on the screen. Let me go and switch the banners as well. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen from the three of us. This is the next race on Saturday, race 11, four hundred thousand dollars points for the Derby for the boys. It's a field of eight. We're all More over the favorites. board a
1: little bit here. Go oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: We are. No, we have <laughs> no, it's, we, we are. More line favorites, the number seven risk it for Asperson. And Tyler, G, we are all over the board here. Uh, I thought it's a tough race. I'm 376, Paul's 714. You're going 162. You're going with awesome road for Cox and Pratt from the rail. Real good first time out, not so good second time. Uh, but he can bounce back and run big Saturday, right? yeah.
1: You, you kind of hate that, don't you? Because you don't yeah. know which one was right, especially because the clunker came after the stretch out, so that's always a concern for me. but. I didn't like this race that much. I thought, I mean, I, I, not that I didn't like it. I thought it was relatively even. I didn't have a strong opinion. I should have said in this race. And I looked at this one and go, okay, if if we can get back to the debut and the distance is fine, which breeding wise, the distance doesn't look to be an issue. It's just that last race. I don't know what the hell happened. So well, please, I'm going fi- to interrupt you because yeah, I, please. Think I,
0: do, I think I do know what happened because okay. I was right. I was ready to pick this horse. Uh, watch the first 10 seconds. I think I made it. So he was on the lead or close to the lead last time in the debut. He's probably more of a speed horse, right? Watch real carefully because I think this is the reason why um he is the I think he's the two or the three. What I see he's the three. I'm gonna let you just watch and you tell me who you see. He's the three. He didn't break great and he sort of got checked and studied. And I think he got discouraged. But I'll let you watch it and you tell me what yeah. you think. The one is the wine steward, the three is awesome. Road.
1: Oh, yeah, he, didn't, he definitely didn't break clean.
0: But watch then, coming up here. Let me see here. Yep.
1: Yeah, he's, and that's new to him. I mean, what what's happening there between the kickback, a little bit of a steady. So he's head
0: carried. He, oh, yeah.
1: So he kicks wide. No, yeah. And I, I thought I watched this replay, but maybe I just watched it and, and wasn't focused enough. It was late. But well, I agree thinking, with you.
0: Jared, I just think this is just a real beach being a big baby, literally. And yeah. And this action right here coming up. I mean, you could make the argument that he should have run better after that, but this is for a two-year-old, that, that's a lot of it But
1: that can take you out of it. That can take a young horse yeah, out of it. it. I do like what Tom, what Tom said, too, is since that race, he's been working. He, he, he's been increasingly working strong, and maybe yeah. that means that – so good call, Tom. Maybe that just means that, hey, that was the outlier, and yeah. now we're going to get back. And if you can get a horse who looked as good as he did on debut and you can get a horse as the second choice – where you go, crap, how did I let this horse pay, you yeah. know, whatever, $8 or whatever he's going to wind up paying. Then you sit there and go, okay, I, I'm glad I took that. Yeah. Pratt staying on. I like that too.
0: Yeah. Um, I, he's got distance questions to answer, but the breeding certainly says, That's I've got what the breeding
1: the didn't say it. Yeah. The breeding was, was sort of, it looked yeah. good, but you know, that doesn't guarantee anything, but so where do um, you go? You went to three. Real huh?
0: men violin. This horse feels a lot like Red Route 1, Pete. This is like Red Route like. Wait,
1: you, you want to laugh? You know what? My note, my first pay, My first comment is hard to know what he's best at. Turf, wet, fast. And that's similar to Red Route 1. Red Route 1 has sort of done a little bit of everything. You just don't know what he's, what he's good at. So I'm with you.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what I do know. I do know this horse can close, and there's not a lot of close in this field. Yep. I'm not concerned about fast dirt because... He's worked well on it, very well on it, and McPeak knows what he's doing, and McPeak doesn't run back horses that quickly. I just, I'm like you, I don't have a strong opinion in this race, but I don't really love anyone, and so I want to go a little bit of a price. I'm not going to show the last replay, but he did save ground, read a real men violin, but he did it like in hand, and Hernandez was sort of how do I put this? He was a bit cautious with him. He's got a little rail and roll with him, too. Like, this, these McPeak, like two year old closers, I'm infatuated with. I don't, well, actually, I actually do know <laughs> you why. Always they've, been, been, yeah. they've been good, they've been good, they're to good. Us, that's why. Yeah, um, they're good. So, I don't, I'm not gonna carry on. I just think there's enough speed in this race. He's got two turn experience, he's already ran five times, but I think he's improving, and I, I do yeah. like that about this horse. Um, you've got the six stretch ride who I looked at very carefully. I had this horse third. He ran fantastic last time and I'm going to show that, but the stretch, speaking of stretch ride, the stretch run, Pete, I didn't love and I'm going to show it, but I loved everything about this horse except for the last like 15 seconds of the race.
1: Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Fire away. It was funny too, because this horse was a $5,000 purchase out of street sense and a quality road mare. So that's a little concerning right off the jump. But we'll we'll I'll wait till we till we watch well, the he's end in here.
0: Between again, this is a huge effort. And you know, it's hard to do this. He's in the West Point silks. he's getting pressure on both sides, Pete, the entire way, which as you correctly mentioned for a two-year-old, especially yeah. is not easy. And then so he wards off the fave the, the uh two horse who was a bomb. And here comes the favorite which is outside and wards them off. I don't like the la- the lack of a lead change. Now I'm selling like Matt Bernier, but just watch me. I just don't like this visual. I'll let you No,
1: go. It doesn't look good. It it doesn't look good at all coming down, but it doesn't look good and still kicks away. So you that's one of those. We, we do the ifs, ands, and buts. We go, if this horse straightens out, but is this enough time for the horse to straighten those kind of things out in, t- in, in time to beat this field, which again, isn't yeah. the best field, but it's better than he's been facing so that's the that's the concern i have a quick dale romans 0 for 14 with two-year-old graded stakes in the past three years on top wow. so that that scared me a little bit off this horse on on sort of the win end aside from what you're talking about because i yeah, saw I mean, the I mean, same I thing i would
0: obviously use him i mean there's no reason why he couldn't improve though right second time out no for sure though. i just i just that's sort of like why I like intricate right like intricate looks slower the philly but she did it professionally. Like I prefer that over this horse who doesn't, hasn't learned his lessons yet. It's just, it's a, it's a preference of mine. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just, I rather have a horse that looks a little slower, but is doing it well rather than a horse that's all over the place. Yeah. But is supposedly fast. Right. I just, it's just my thing. Um, Risk. It can obviously win. You want to talk about the two and then we'll go ahead. Well, I was going to say,
1: should we talk about risk it just a little bit because he's the favorite. I mean, I don't, I don't even, <laughs> I'm not even really sure what I don't like about this. I mean, I don't even have this horse in the top three. I had it as sort of the the next level down. I just thought he didn't come home very well. And it looks better that he lost to West Saratoga, who I don't particularly love anyway. And yeah. then that field hasn't come back all that great Um liberal okay. arts actually came back with a win in the street sense but the rest of the field hasn't come back all that great I, I don't know I don't what what are your thoughts you have the horse in second, so you like him a little more than me I for some reason it just something turned me off that I just didn't like the horse and especially at the five the two
0: well I've got him second because he could get loose and he also could be a lot better right I didn't love the visual of the Iroquois I totally agree with you we talked about that race a little bit uh you know I think last month but he's been off you know, more than two months now, which I actually like. So it's wind, Look, it's wind chill, It's Asperson. He's yeah. got a lot of speed. What if this horse is able to shake loose or if he improves speed? I just think he's, I like him a lot more than stretch ride for the, even though he, again, on paper, he looks slower. I didn't look at the time form of the. I think the six got a good time form. The 90s, actually not a great time. No, form he didn't there, get a good time so. for I'm, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at that and I want to thank you for that because I didn't used to look at the time form very much at all. Maybe because it's it's almost like you know oh now it's gonna change my mind. I think I do need to look at other speed figures more. And I, I just like look at it one.
1: more for the swing. I like well, to see I if there's at a, a it big early swing and
0: late Pete. So why would not I look at the final one? Like that's just thinking thinking right. So yeah yeah I we'll, agree. I'm gonna I've I've started to look at that more and I appreciate you know your insight on that because um, I think it does matter and we'll see if it matters. But anyway, I, I think the source is is very likable. He costs sure. five hundred thousand. So that's my thought. Did you want to mention the two and then we'll wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I thought the the two, I just sort of liked that last race a bit. Again, you have someone, you have a horse who in both races was way too far back, almost basically in last, last one was chasing a relatively slow pace, even though it, it says it was, and it was a sloppy track, even though it said it was favoring closers, but the leader, the horse who won Otto the conqueror just got away. So there was no, that was one of the races where you weren't catching the speed horse So I just think there's a little bit of improvement on the time form and the buyer. There was some improvement there. So I just thought, hey, you know what? Maybe this horse, especially with the stretch out based on the breeding, might like the stretch out is a closer if we can get some speed up front. I think this one at a price either can maybe sneak out a victory or at least hit the board and, and give you something decent underneath. Oh, you're on mute, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> well you had to do that for paul you know since yeah, paul yeah, wasn't here we had, to, we had too. to do Sorry that for that. paul
0: that's all good thank you that's a very i, I don't usually make that that's usually i allow that for um kyle usually makes those <laughs> I, i'd like to think after how many 311 i don't do that too often yeah. um it's a pretty wide open race beat and it so, is uh, yeah i think there's a lot of ways you can go last thing i'll end with before we say our goodbyes once again appreciate everyone watching Uh, And listening as a replay or watching as a replay again, as of, uh, this is breaking news, as of 4.30 Central Standard Time Wednesday, when we're filming right now, tomorrow, Thursday, Thanksgiving, the Cardinal Stakes will be on the turf at Churchill. But races two and six are going to be off the turf. Uh, Turf races Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, cross our fingers, pending. We all like it to be on the turf. Um, but we shall see. Pete, I uh, really appreciate it, man. It was good to have Kevin Kirstein on from Churchill Town. Yep. We'll have to get Darren Rogers on next time. Was also um, was media relations director uh, for Churchill. And I'm excited about Turfway. And as I close here, Pete, and I, I'll thank Paul, but listen, uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. And, um, well, I'm starting to feel over for a second. Um, I'll be <laughs> all right, I'll get through it. Um, I think I'm gonna send out a mass email to everyone tonight uh, on our email list. But man, uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. Um, for this podcast, and we'd be thankful for our viewers, of course. Yeah, that's number one, I think. Yeah, um, number one for sure. Our guests, um, and I'm thankful for you, Pete and Paul, yes, thank and you, every, everyone again, I could not do this show alone to be, I did it for a long time alone and I did as best I could with it and grew it to something I thought was pretty good, but obviously with a bigger family now and you guys, I consider you guys all family seriously. I really do appreciate it. I love our time together talking about horse racing and Great. our times in person. And we got many more uh, events uh, coming up, you know, uh, God willing, but uh, happy Thanksgiving to your wife and the jackson is there a movie possibly online tonight with uh, we, jackson or no
1: we are go. no we're, we're saving it for friday there's always a movie and okay. there's always a movie in our right. itinerary so that's that that's happening friday night actually
0: uh matt miller gave napoleon a b as in boy by the way just to let you know Just a little insight
1: the trailer doesn't look bad but i don't i'm not excited that would be one i would watch at home i don't think okay. i'd go to the theater to see even though All it right. looks it looks like a big screen might be but but B is what I've, what I've read or or seen reviews of it. It was, it was a little uh, underwhelming from what I've, from what I've seen.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm a big Ridley Scott guy, but anyway, uh, Tom Tom Espinosa, thanks and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Mike, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Make sure you do squeeze your loved ones uh, for sure. In this crazy world that we live in Uh, Pete, appreciate it. Um, Tomorrow, tomorrow now, for you early birds out there, and no one's working, of course, tomorrow, we are going to be back, not we, not Pete and I, but myself. I think Kyle's going to be joining me, Pete. There's a nice big pick six carryover tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, at Del Mar, of which our Benton and friend Noah Maher will be at personally with his family because he's SoCal guy. They will be at the track, by the way, on Thanksgiving for Del Mar. But we're going to be here at 10.30 Eastern Thursday morning to go through the pick six Uh, sequence for Del Mar so hopefully we'll have some people joining us tomorrow for that or at least watching as a replay. Pete I'll let you have the last word.
1: I don't want to say too much I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you Howard and to your family and to all the listeners and viewers and everyone out there I hope you have a safe and wonderful holiday and we again we the most thing we're thankful for is that you guys, you guys and gals listen to us drone on every week. And I mean, that's, if we're, if, if we don't have anything else, we have that and that's fantastic. So we're very thankful for that, but safe and happy holidays to everyone.
0: Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy the Turkey, the football, the friends, the family, and, and a, a pick racer. six
1: hit. Yeah. And a pick six hit a hopefully That's
0: carry over uh, at uh Fairgrounds as well, so yes, a lot going on for my wonderful uh, co-hosts Paul Halloran, Pete Visca, right there. I've been your host Howard Kravitz, episode three eleven of the HHH Racing Podcast. Join us again tomorrow morning, Thanksgiving Day, ten thirty a.m. Eastern, for the Pick Six preview of Dalmar. Crush your bets at Churchill Downs this Thanksgiving weekend. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye bye.